Well, you guys ready to get in the Word a little bit this morning? We're talking about Christ the Healer. If you'll notice in every service, we are just, it, just infusing a foundation of what God's Word says along the lines of healing. We have to do this, you know. We as Christians, if somebody were to tell you, listen, you know, God forgives some people's sins, but not everybody's, we'd fight that. We'd be like, oh, now wait a minute. No, no, no. There is no doubt, there's no doubt that my sin was forgiven and washed away. But because of over 300 years of religious teaching, which says things that are not in the Bible, such as God heals some and not others. God uses sickness and disease to teach. Even though Jesus said a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. God never uses Satan to teach his kids. This is how he teaches his kids, with his word. Amen? And so we have to teach on this because you need to know that you know that you know that healing is for me today. And it doesn't matter how young you are or how old you are. Now, as you get older, you need, it, it needs to be more at the forefront. But even when you're younger, you need to know this. And these principles that we'll get into, they work for everything. Because it's all how we operate in faith. So if you look at the ministry of Jesus, there were 19 individual cases of healing that were showcased in the four gospel accounts. 19. Now it seems like there's more because many of them are in three of the four gospels. And, and what's nice is as you study and meditate on them, I'm telling you, God will put you right in. He'll put you right in Capernaum. He'll put you right where the woman of, with the issue of blood is, Jairus' daughter. And, and these different accounts will give you different pictures of the same story. But if you look at it, what's amazing, and last week we talked about how people came to hear and to be healed. Well, what's interesting is 10 of the 19 cases. So now these were handpicked by the Holy Spirit they cover everything that you need to know about the principles of receiving from God. If you look at all of them. Ten of the 19, literally, Jesus said that the determining factor in the person's healing out of ten of the 19 times was the person's faith. Remember, we don't receive from God because of what's fair or because of what's right. We don't even receive from God based on what His will is. We receive from God through faith. Now, it must be His will. Faith begins where the will of God is known, right? So, if you want to know if you, what He's provided for you, you have to look to His Word. If you want to know if you're healed... If you want to know if you're prospering financially, if you want to know if you are at peace or if you're strong, you got to look here. You don't look at circumstances. You believe that? So important. So 10 of the 19 cases, Jesus would say, like the woman with the issue of blood, woman, your faith has made you whole. 
Isn't that amazing? He didn't take credit. He said, your faith. 10 out of the 19 cases. Now, what's amazing is seven of the other nine cases, he didn't specifically say, your faith made you whole. But you can see the person's faith as the determining factor in the story. You can see him. Blind Bartimaeus. He, He literally took off this coat that the, that the country that he lived in would have given him, that, that literally hit this coat signified that he was, he was a beggar, and this is, people would see the coat and say, oh, he's the real deal, and would gift it. It was his whole source. And when he heard of Jesus, when, when Jesus called him, he took off the coat. You see his faith. He's like, I'm not going to be blind anymore. So sure based on what he heard. But this has been watered down in our day. And so that's why we need to really talk about this. Not what an opinion is, but what the Word says. So 10 out of the 19 literally, literally says, your faith has made you whole. Seven of the other nine, you can see the person's faith. Only two of 19 individual cases Was it a gift of healing or a working of a miracle? It had nothing to do with the person's faith. Which tells me that in our life, even more so as children of God, listen, you don't need a gift of healing, a working of a miracle to get healed. You've already been healed. You just lay hold of it through faith. So let's look at this. But, you know, actually, before we do, let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, because when we look, we're going to look at a couple accounts today as we have time. We're going to look at a couple accounts because I want you to see some principles that the Lord's been stirring with me. But under this context, 2 Timothy chapter 3 in verse 16, it says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Literal Greek, all scripture is God-breathed. Okay? And is profitable for doctrine. That means it profits us because it instructs us. So if you're sick, you look to the word to instruct you on what to do, on what to believe. For reproof, God breathed scripture to give you proof of certain things. Proof that you are healed. Proof that God is your provider and you are not to know lack. Proof that you are to be filled with joy and peace and to be delivered and made free. For correction and for instruction in righteousness, why? So that the man male or female, of God, may be perfect. This means may be fresh, may be complete, thoroughly equipped unto all good works. So this is why God has given us his word. So these 19 individual cases are so very important because they're going to instruct us you're going to see that Jesus, who right now 
is seated at the right hand of God, watching over his word to perform it, he is still doing the same thing that he did when he lived on the earth. He's the same yesterday and today and forever. And so this first situation is going to hit home with us as we talk about the healing of the leper. Because out of all the 19 cases, this is the only case that really hits where we are. Right in the face. It's the only one where this leper said, I know you can heal me. My question is, Jesus, will you? And and if you were to go around and interview pastors in this city and interview Christians in this city, you could ask two questions. Do you believe that God can heal anyone? Overwhelmingly, everybody would say, absolutely. Now, you might have some people that might differ with that, but but the majority of people are going to go, absolutely. I know he can. But then when you ask the second question, but do you believe it's God's will to heal you or to heal everyone? Well, now we'd start backing up. And here's what you wouldn't hear when you backed up. You would not hear scripture. You would hear opinion. You would hear, well, you know, I had a grandmother that loved God with all of her heart who died of sickness and disease, so it must not be God's will. You'd hear examples of people, not scripture. And this is why we have to, the Bible says in Luke that the man who hears the word of God and does it is likened to a man who digs deep and builds his life on the foundation of a rock. I want to encourage you, as never before, there will be stronger storms, stronger rain, stronger wind, stronger things coming to shake your life. More than ever before, every age group, you have to get the word in your heart. Because the Bible says... This man dug deep, which means you're going to have to work to get the word in your heart. And you found your life on a rock, and when, not if, the storms come, they beat upon the house of your life, but, but no storm can even shake it. Have you ever had a lot of wind at your house and you kind of hear your, your windows, they kind of rattle a little bit? That's not, that won't happen to you. You're literally immovable. Isn't that good news? So important. So let's look at this. See, from these 19 accounts, you can know the will of God for all men for all time in relation to healing. You could just know. Jesus, the Bible says, is the word of God. He is the will of God. So you could look at all these 19 cases along with all the other cases where he healed them all. This is not even including all of that. Do you know there's not one account to where someone came to Jesus in faith that did not get healed? There's not one. One time when I was in Israel, uh, there was a Lutheran pastor that 
you know, God opened a door for me to minister to our group and a, a couple other groups stopped and, and, and I was teaching about the uh, man at the pools of Bethesda that were healed. And uh, it was just a moment. It was really a cool moment. And this young Lutheran pastor from the Midwest, um, he said, hey, I think Michigan area maybe if I'm thinking right. Uh, he goes, can we go to lunch with you and your wife? And so at lunch, he's like, he goes, man, that was, that was so good. He goes, he goes, I've really wondered about, you know, healing and everything. And he goes, but you know, I, I know ultimately, even in death, we're healed and all this stuff. Because he goes, because he goes, you know, in the Bible, not everybody who came to Jesus got healed. And so I'm sitting there and I don't want to offend this young pastor. And I'm like, well... I go, let's, let's look at that. I go, where? Where did somebody come to Jesus, right? Where, where in the Bible did they come to Jesus and he looked at him and said, oh, you know what, it's not my will to heal you. This is your cross to bear. You know, my ways are just, God's ways are higher than, than our ways, so sorry. But, but, but be of good cheer. I go, can you think of any and he, he was thinking, he's like, gosh, no, I can't. And I said, actually, I go, isn't it amazing that nobody ever came to Jesus? Now, see, you guys hear this all the time. So you're kind of looking at me like, yeah, whatever, you know. No, you're not doing that, but you know what I mean. And it's, it's but he was like, wow, you know, yeah, I can't think of one. And when, when I said that to him, he's like, oh my gosh. And he goes, you know, I need to go back and relook at all this. And we were able to tell him about some materials that I said, these books, these, these, this CD series, I encouraged him to listen to the one I taught on. I said, if you hear anything about opinion, throw it out. But if it's Bible, embrace it. And we need to know, child of God, today, Jesus, he heals all. He heals all. So let's go to Matthew chapter 8 in verse 1. I want to look at the three accounts. We might not get to blind Bartimaeus today, but that's all right. You guys will come back. Yeah, praise God. Hallelujah. It'll be cool. Wednesday night we'll have children's ministry. And uh, we're, get, we're getting back to normal. You know, actually, actually, wait a minute. We are normal we are overcomers, right? Right Right now we're just a little displaced, but you know what? We're all good. We all got the healing power of God, the joy of the Lord, the strength of God flowing through our bodies. Amen? <clears throat> Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 8 and verse 1. It says, when he was come down from the mountain, I love reading this. When he was come down from the mountain, that might not mean anything to you, but I've been on this mountain that he was there. He, when he came down from the mountain, great, it says great multitudes followed him. Great, see, the mountain was where he preached the sermon on the mount. I remember the first time we went to Israel, the, the head Lutheran pastor that we were with, uh, he said, Tony, I'd like you to teach on the sermon on the mount, on the mountain where Jesus taught it. So as, as, as it's coming over me right now, it's really hard to preach because you're just crying, right? But it says that after Jesus, there were so many people. So see, if you look at, 
the feeding of the 5,000 was called a multitude. That's 5,000 men and their families. Let's be conservative. 12 to 15,000 people was a multitude. Wasn't even a great multitude. Let alone, it says this, great multitudes followed him. We are talking about tens of thousands of people are following Jesus. I wonder if what you have inside of you right now would draw a crowd. The answer to that is yes. Get ready, child of God. You know, right now we look at a lot more empty seats in the church. It's not going to be like that. We're going to be having meetings about, okay, <clears throat> we need so much time to clean, but we're going to have church 24-7. Because I got to tell you, the words of Christ, they came to hear and to be healed. So there's great multitudes following him. Verse 2, I hope that the Spirit of God would just take you to this story. Picture this. This is a big mountain. And he's coming down after talking to them. And tens of thousands of people are following him. Why? They just want to hear. They want to hear. Peter said this, where could we go, Lord? You alone have words of life. He has words of life for you today. If you notice when you come to church, you don't get beat up. You get built up. Why? Because it's the word of God. Hallelujah. And behold, in other words, God is saying, hey, I want you to see this. Let me get your attention. Little children, see this. There came a leper. Now we just read that. But lepers, when you were diagnosed with leprosy and a priest ultimately would proclaim that you were a leper, you lost your job, you were separated from your family, you lived in a leper colony, if you ever left there and were walking, you were alone all the time. Alone. All the time. Your whole life, not only did you lose everything financially, you lost, I mean, think about a leper. And he's like, oh my gosh, what's my wife and kids doing? How are they making it? What, what's you know, what's, what's going to happen? And then your body is falling apart. They would call lepers. It was like, it was a death sentence. It was like you were walking dead. Your body was literally decaying while you were alive. You, your body's, like, you're like a walking dead person. Hopeless situation. And when you'd come around people, like if a leper came in here, in, in Bible days, they would have to go unclean, unclean, like stay away, forget the six foot thing, stay way away from me. Right? Completely isolated. Now we know Look at what's happening in society right now. The suicide rate, domestic violence, anger, rage, depression, alcoholism, drug abuse, because we're not made to be alone. So this is a leper, hopeless, hopeless. This is, this is the one case that fits us. Jesus, I know you can, but will you? 
is the most hopeless case. And this leper had heard of Jesus to the point to where he was willing to put whatever life he had on the line. Because he came to Jesus. And God's saying, I want you to see this. This guy, see what would happen if a leper came near people. They would literally grab rocks and run and stone him to death right where he was. And they would stone him until that body was literally just lying there dead. Because that was the law. A leper could not come in public. But this guy did. And he came and he worshipped him saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Do you know how many people right now are right there? God, I'm your child and I know you can heal me. But is it your will? Because they don't sit in an environment where they hear the word of God in these areas. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him. Whew. Man, Jesus didn't grab his mask and gloves. Nope. He's like, he's touching. You don't touch a leper. But Jesus touches a leper. Jesus goes wherever is needed. Isn't that amazing? This is why the healing power of God, you can literally declare words of life over people that are in another place and God will move. It's amazing. It says, and immediately the leprosy was cleansed. Now could you imagine? Tens of thousands of people saw this. They're like, I mean, we're talking, this guy, Luke tells us, we'll read Luke's account, he was full of leprosy, which meant he might not have had a nose. He might have had parts of his feet and, and, and hands, fingers missing, ears missing. And immediately the leprosy was cleansed, so everything grew back. And the Bible, all of his skin you know, I mean, God could touch. Wouldn't that be cool if God touched my skin like that? All of a sudden, I came to church. And you'd be like, David, why have you grown? <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, no, no, I'm Tony. You'd be like, what? All the women would be like, what are you using? <laughs> but his skin was restored right there. Think about that miracle. He went from hopeless to Jesus, to immediate healing. Do you know that's what everybody does right now? Because he's the healer. He's already provided it. Jesus saith unto him, See that you tell no man, but go your way. And he's like, go show yourself to the priest. Now this is a whole other story of how a priest, what they would do, the offerings and things that they would do to show that the leper was cleansed. It just drips with Jesus. We don't have time to go into it today. And it says, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Now let's look at Dr. Luke's account. Go to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5 and verse 12. Luke chapter 5 verse 12 and it says, and it came to pass when he was in a certain city 
Behold, now doc, Luke was a doctor, so he says this man is full of leprosy. This means it was an advanced case. This means it was a hopeless situation. This, this man, he's not, if he's going to die, he is going to die. Who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Wow. Verse 13, and he put forth his hand and touched him saying, look at what he said, I will. Now that sounds really cool, but in the Greek, it's a continual present tense. It literally would read, I always will. Literally, it would read, of course I will. I always will. Continual present tense. Is it God's will to heal a hopeless situation? Absolutely. And then he said this, be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. Wow, that's almost like the leprosy has an identity. Right? And he charged him to tell no man but go and show yourself to the priest. Tell no man. Could you imagine? Back in the 80s, there was a guy, like, looked like a mountain man. His name was Don Francisco. And he, and he and you remember that? Yeah. Oh, I love this guy's songs. And he wrote a song, I Gotta Tell Somebody. And it was about Jay Iris. And so he's like, I gotta tell somebody what Jesus has done for me. So he's, could you imagine Jesus? He's probably messing with the guy. Yeah, I don't want you to tell anybody. <laughs> right? Because everybody, everybody who knew that leper would have been like, wait a minute, are, are you Frank? Right? I mean, everybody would have known. What happened to you? Can't tell you. That's hilarious. <laughs> So it says here, he charged him to tell no man, but go show yourself to the priest. Offer your cleansing according as Moses commanded for a testimony of the, of, unto them. And then look at verse 15. And this is what we talked about last week. But so much the more there went a fame abroad of him. Isn't that amazing? So tens of thousands of people who are at the Sermon on the Mount, are following Jesus, a leper comes, falls down, worships him, and says, Lord, I know you can, but will you heal me? Jesus says, of course I will, I always will, touches the man, the leprosy goes, parts probably grow back, skin is restored, and now they're having church. So much the more a fame went abroad of him and great multitude. Look at this. They didn't come to get healed. They came to hear and to be healed of their infirmities. Great multitudes. So there's great multitudes following him, tens of thousands of people. And then when people heard of the healing of the leper, great multitudes or tens of thousands of people who are sick 
came from everywhere to be healed by him of their infirmities. I wonder if we should take the time to come up with some really cool programs to build the church. Or should we get before the face of God in prayer and believe him for an awakening and a revival and a move of God? Because I wonder if having billboards all over the city and having all the coolest stuff is going to attract more people than people getting radically, miraculously healed as, as people in the church are out at work and, hey, let me lay hands on you. Let me pray for you. They're out, and they're out there not, not just let me pray for you, but, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. He's a healer. The Word of God says this, and it is written, and it is written, and faith gets birthed, and then things happen right? Don't be so quick to lay hands on people. They need to hear before they get healed. Amen? So this is huge. Now let's finish up. Let's look at Mark's account of this. Mark chapter 1 in verse 40, and I want to bring out a little more of this story now. It says, Mark chapter 1 in verse 40, and there came a leper to him, beseeching him. This is this is the Greek word parakaleo. It means beseeching him. He's calling Jesus to his side. Now, now picture this. Tens of thousands of people are following him. This leper has to try to... He's calling to Jesus, Hey, can you come over here by me? I need to get by you. No doubt maybe some of the people are like, Whoa, who is this guy? But he gets to Jesus. And when he got to him, he kneeled down to him. This was an act of imploring and showing reverence. We don't see that today. God, can you heal me and can you do it quick because I got a meeting in 15 minutes. And I'm not really interested in staying. I mean, I can't go to your church because, man, you have an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes. Sometimes that pastor, he never shuts up. It, it's just ridiculous. And I, don't, I just don't have time for that. Because I've got to go to a, three movies or watch three, three Hallmark movies this afternoon and spend six hours talking about non nonsense, right? So this guy, you see the reverence. And he said to him, if, if is an expression of doubt. If you will, you can make me clean. You can make me clean is an expression of faith. I love this, showing you and I, for all the world to see, you could have faith in one area and have doubt in another area. Amen. And Jesus doesn't get down on you. He helps you get out of the doubt area and get all the way into faith. So this is the only time recorded in the earthly ministry of Jesus where he was asked if he was willing to heal. The leper had faith in Jesus' ability to heal. He just didn't know, he was unsure, or he doubted if Jesus was willing to heal. And think about it. I mean, the priests weren't willing to heal him. Right? So at this point, 
This man was not in a position to receive his healing. Believing God can heal is not faith to receive healing. Let me say that again. Believing God can heal is not faith to receive your healing. You have to know not only can he, but he will. Does that make sense? And this is the game, because Satan will throw symptoms, he'll increase things, and you just got to stand up and say, no, I'm not moved by that. I'm standing on the word of God. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith does not begin where the ability of God is known. We see boldness because this leper could have been put to death coming to Jesus. We also see it was an incurable and hopeless situation. We see humility in the leper. He knelt down before Jesus. In other words, he completely submitted. In other words, he said, Jesus, unless you do something, it's not happening. All of my trust, all of my hope is in you. There was no other evidence. And guys, that's all we need. Because he's for us. Isn't that good news? Many are unwilling to let go of their ways, their beliefs, and their doctrines to embrace God's word. But I want to encourage you, empty yourself of everything and lay it all at his feet and watch his power and his presence flow in your life. There's a principle. I love what Mother Teresa said. This was a statement that, that literally God used when I was at an interesting point in my life. She said this, you don't know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. But when you realize Jesus is all you have, you get all excited because he's all you need. That's right. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I am really preaching myself happy here today. Faith is completely completely dependent upon God as my source and my healer. And this causes, see, this is what, this is literally what, what causes worship to come forth. When I realize that faith, everything about my life, peace, joy, strength, deliverance, healing, provision, everything, faith, it depends on the fact that God is my source. He's my everything. When I'm in this position, it causes one to worship, to passionately pursue his presence. It's what causes a person in the midst of the biggest storm of their life to lift their hands and let everything go and just say, God, I'm in the greatest place because I'm in your presence. Faith conforms. 
to God's ways and purposes. I want to encourage you to write some of these things down. The Lord was specifically, he's like, write these statements down. This is the way he does it with me. Man, when he told me that yesterday, I was visiting with my brother from Orlando and his wife. They were up for a few days, and, and I'm sitting there, and I don't even know what we... My brother was talking about something, and, and right in the middle of it, the Lord spoke that to me. And I thought that was so good, and I didn't write it down, and then I forgot it. And then about 12.30 last night, I'm sitting there, and I'm putting these notes down and all this other stuff, and the Lord goes, Tony, I need, I need you to get this. And I'm like, what? I completely forgot about it. It rocked every fiber of who I was, and then I forgot about it. Has that ever happened to you? I'm like... The Lord's like, did you remember what I told you this afternoon? And I remember going, oh, I remember it was really good. And then the Lord spoke it to me again. Faith conforms, Tony, to my ways and my purposes. See, I don't, I'm not trying to get God to move the way I want him to move. I'm not trying to get him move in the time frame because I already know he's moved. And when I pray anything according to his will, I know he hears me. And if I know he just but hears me, I already know I have what I've asked him for. So I rest. Isn't that awesome? Verse 41, we better get going. Gosh, you guys are taking too long. We got to, come on, we got to speed up here. Hallelujah. It's not my fault. Jesus' name. Mark chapter 1, verse 41. And Jesus, look at this. I love Mark's account. And Jesus, he adds this to the story, was moved with compassion. It's where we get our word mercy from in the Greek. It literally means to be full of eager yearning. He saw this guy and he was touched with the feeling of his weaknesses and right where he was. And it moved Jesus. Well, we know it moved the Father in Jesus. He was full of eager yearning. He's like, oh, sir, not only can I, but I am so willing. In your situation right now today, whatever it is, he's willing. He's eager. Hallelujah. He said, Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him and said unto him, I will be clean. Of course I will. I always will. Be clean. No matter how hopeless your situation is, it is always God's will to heal. Hallelujah. This story is a revelation of the will of God for all men, for all time, including today. Every time Jesus was moved with compassion, he always, every time in his life on this earth, he always ministered to the need of the person or the group. Always. Always. Compassion. This is another thing the Lord was talking to me about yesterday. I thought, compassion, it springs from God and it carries healing. Compassion always has the answer that relieves 
suffering. Jesus was moved with compassion because he's full of compassion. See, whatever you're full of, it's what's going to move you. Now hear me, child of God. So get full of him. That's how you live and move and have your being in him. And oh, the world needs to see it because that's how Jesus manifests out of you. I love Micah. Micah 7.18 says this, Who is a God like unto thee that pardons iniquity and passes by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retains not his anger forever. Why? Because he delights in mercy. Wow. So let's jump back into this story. Verse 42. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. And he, Jesus, straightway charged the man, and forthwith sent him away, and saith unto him, See that you say nothing to any man, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, And offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But look at what the man did. But the man, but he went out and he began to publish it much. I got to tell somebody. See, how do we overcome? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. You have a testimony. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love this. Insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city because he he, he published this fame about Jesus. Jesus couldn't go into a city anymore. There's too many people. He had to stay out to where they would come to him. But was without in desert places And they came to him from every quarter. Isn't that amazing, guys? I believe. Listen, we are sitting here with not a lot of people in our sanctuary right now. But don't you think that Faith Family Church or the church is going backwards? We are not going backwards. And I got to tell you, Whatever, when the enemy comes in like the little loser that he is, like a flood, the Spirit of God raises up a standard against him. You have the greater one in you. It is God's will to heal, and he's able to. Notice that Jesus moved the man. He knew Jesus could, but would he? And Jesus ministered to him and answered that question. It's my will. When Thomas doubted Jesus, it said Jesus appeared to his disciples and said, Thomas, come here. He he literally came into the place they were and he said, listen, I need you to stick your hands in the holes in my wrists and put your fist in my side and don't be faithless anymore, but be believing. Jesus always will lead you into your next harvest. Isn't that good news? 
Well, I hope this is ministered to you today. I want to encourage you. God is good all the time. And he loves you. And he'll meet you right where you are. And he'll bring you up to a level of Zoe life. To where we walk. We walk in his strength. We walk in his love. We're built up. I got to tell you guys, I believe we've entered a season. I just feel a depth of the anointing and the healing power of God and, and the revelation of his word. For me as a pastor, God wants to infuse our church and equip us to go minister. And it's all him. And you can't give what you don't have. And I'm here to tell you today, you have it because you have him. Amen.